Hello, I'm Joshua Groisberg, a history enthusiast. And I'm Jacob Friedman, founder of People's Big News. And this is Gen Zero's Talk Politics. This is where two members of the next generation of American adults talk about what's going on in the world. Since the whole world is on fire, we might as well take a crack at delivering some insightful analysis and maybe some comedy along the way. Well, folks, uh, we're glad to be back. We haven't done an episode since August, but we're, we're so glad to be back. Uh, Jacob, is there anything you'd like to say? Let's just get to it. First off, Congress, debt ceiling, infrastructure, government funding bills, voting rights. Let's just say nothing's really changed. Basically, they've punted the funding and debt limit bills to December because McConnell will literally burn everything down or to have some kind of power. The infrastructure bills are a normal part of intra-party politics because this is the worst timeline. Kirsten Sinema from Arizona is doing a god-awful John McCain impression. And progressive activists are, ba- are taking it way too far and falling her to the bathroom. I mean, come on. And there's Joe Manchin uh, with the filibuster. And I'm just going to say this. He, he and whoever else is uh, waffling on that, we need to lock them in a room with Norm Arnstein and we don't let them out until they are with filibuster restoration. Meaning, unlike while now it's 60 votes to break a filibuster, it's now 41 senators in, my, in the minority to sustain a filibuster. So flip the numbers. What really, what really we should be doing is the Voting Rights Act. It's, the, it's reforming the Electoral College Act. It's, you know, democracy protection so we don't actually end up with 2022 and 2024 insurrection reduxes. So we don't have these local election officials, Trumpist local election officials, screwing around with the vote tally, screwing around with the results. You mentioned, yeah, you, you mentioned cinema and mansion. Something Democrats can do, can't do, that Republicans can do very well, for better or for worse, is to fall in line. And right now, Biden's trying to, you know, get his legislation across. He's trying to get his infrastructure bill across. And frankly, I believe there are a lot of important things in that infrastructure bill that have been long overdue for America. Our bridges and roads are falling apart. But the truth is, you know, because of Cinema and Mansion and because of, you know, more progressive Democrats kind of pushing in different directions, nobody can really fall in line and actually line up enough votes to get this bill across. Moreover, with regards to the debt ceiling, I believe Republicans agreed to raise the debt ceiling three times under President Donald Trump, right? So when they refuse to do it to Biden, it's pretty clear, just a huge, you know, it's pretty clear they're just doing it for political ruckus. I think this contributes to, you know, a far larger point. No party in the U.S. right now is the party of fiscal responsibility. Obviously, we have to spend money. The government has to spend money. But we've got to, you know, make sure we're spending it right. We've got to make sure that it's being spent on the right things at the right time. And Democrats aren't, don't care about fiscal responsibility. Republicans don't care about fiscal responsibility because Republicans Who cares about fiscal responsibility? Those- Who cares about that right now? Or human infrastructure, it's a terrible name. But there are things in there that we do need. We do need some kind of free K. We do need some kind of expansion of social safety net. COVID has made it clear that our welfare system right now is just not equipped to take care of 300 plus million people. Part of a structure, you know, the roads, bridges, come on, everyone agrees on that. It's really, a, but it's really about tying it to that 3.5 trillion progressive bill and mansion and cinema's lower price tags. But no, no, you're right. No one's about fiscal responsibility because that's never really been an issue. That's never, well, I, I we disagree. should be nuking the debt limit. Debt limit is the relic of World War I. We shouldn't be having it right now. We should be on our way to, you know, actually figure out what we need to spend on. Right now is not the time to be, 
saying the sky is falling over the dead. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that, you know, we've got to make sure that when the government spends money, when government spends our own taxpayer money on projects, we want to make sure it's allocated efficiently and that we don't just throw money at a problem and hope it works. Because I feel like sometimes that's what the government does. You know, honestly, with regards to infrastructure bill and what Biden's proposing, I agree. The things proposed in the bill are things we need. But oftentimes when the government spends money, it's not spent very efficiently. So there has to be some sense of fiscal responsibility with regards to how we spend. Because I'm not saying we should, we should necessarily spend less. I'm saying we should spend more efficiently. And neither party really cares about spending efficiently at this point. I thought the point of fiscal responsibility was about the debt. It was about the deficits. It was about the, you know, we're going, we're being bought out by China, which isn't happening. Well, well, no, but that may be so. But the way I, but the way I think about it in this case is sometimes that might involve spending less money because it could be a, it could be allocated more efficiently towards projects. Okay, so we have two different interpretations here. But the actual term fiscal, fiscal responsibility in what we've used in the modern era. That hasn't been relevant since what, 2011? Tea Party, that's been over. That's basically gone. You hear Rand Paul bring it up once in a while, but otherwise, there's, there's no real talk about fiscal responsibility. We also have to watch out for you know, how much money we put in circulation, right? Because inflation's going up, prices and grocery stores are going up, electrical and heating bills are going up for families all across America. So the government also has to work, has to focus on, you know. But that's not you, Biden. You know, that's stop. not on. That's not even on what the it's government's not, been I'm doing. It's, it's necessarily the supply chain issues, and that's going to be ironed out. Yellen and Powell, they've said it's going to be those are going to be ironed out come like 2022, even 2023. Yes, it's a long time. Well, I certainly hope but, so. But yes, in the meantime, inflation's it's, it's going up, and it's hurting. It's not the 70s. No, it's not the 70s, but it's hurting Americans right now, and you know the government has to have an efficient solution for this. It's called actual infrastructure. It's about putting money into projects that will actually allow for people to have more money. And, and that's why it's only the child tax credit is very useful. Moving on, uh, the forward party, Andrew Yang, the 2020 candidate for president and the 2021 candidate for New York State mayor, has decided to launch a PAC with the intention of eventually forming a third party. It's about democracy reform, like um, ranked choice voting and open primaries and term limits. And a few months ago, I would have liked this. I thought, oh, you know, a centrist party, sign me the heck up. It may not be national for a while, but it will be useful. Now, I don't think that's going to work. The only way a third party is ever going to grow, which I don't think is going to be a centrist party, it's going to be after the country adopts ranked choice voting. It's after we adopt something like party list or mixed member proportional voting. I agree with about 90% of what, of what the platform is term limits being the exception because it just weakens the legislature at the cost of more executive power. But I don't think it's going to work. I don't think it was smart to do a big thing is, hey, we're starting a third party, but actually it's going to be a going to be just a, a vault of money to put towards candidates who support similar ideas. If there's ever going to be a third party, it's going to be the Democratic Socialists, AOC, Bernie, going off and doing their own thing, whatever is left the Republican Party. Romney, Collins, breaking off. But again, that's going to be after ranked choice voting. It's after proportional representation. It's after yeah, I don't, we get something like mixed member proportional systems. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you, Jacob. I do think that Yang's forward party isn't going to go anywhere. I definitely agree when he you know, called out the Democrats for essentially having to always juggle different types of interests within its own coalition and ending up putting like, you know, boring moderates into office all across the country because they're quote unquote more electable. So 
you know, and he also wants to fight polarization, which, you know, I think everybody in America can agree on. But the truth is the platform just isn't very well developed. Like, you know, there are a bunch of things that sound good in it, like, like, let me quote here, fact-based governance and modern and effective government. They don't mean anything. So I can't see this, this, you know, forward party actually becoming anything bigger than there already is. Right. They're just, they're just slogans. And, you know, really, really just just a ploy to get franchise voting, to get party list systems, to get open primaries on the ballots in states, in state legislatures. But yeah, I, I really hope Yang either keeps this as a pack or he just gets gets selected for some kind of, you know, bureaucratic position in administration or something. Because, yes, he tried his best in New York. Yes, he had a few good ideas, but like, no, it wasn't the right option to do after his uh, presidential campaign. He needs a reset. The truth is he doesn't have any political skills whatsoever. He was a little bit of a surprise in Canada in 2020, right? Be- his idea of UBI became far more popular than expected. Even then, I feel like he's only focusing on a couple key ideas and not actually focusing on developing an entire platform, which, I, which I'll admit is extremely difficult to do. You know, he doesn't, he just said nothing on foreign policy. He said nothing on a whole bunch of domestic issues. He just seems to care about those couple of issues and he seems to be basing his entire platform around them. And, you know, that's just not going to get you anywhere. Last story, Facebook. I don't think it's even necessary to go over what the new whistleblower alleged Facebook is doing to democracy and mental health and all the crap it's doing with the algorithms. But I'll just say this, we need to break up surveillance capitalists. I know I'm sounding like a populist, but I mean it. This is like the one thing I totally agree with Elizabeth Warren on. We need to make them pay for what they've done. You know, we need to establish a bill of rights for your data because that is your property as someone who uses services and gets their behavioral information taken from them without consent, without real consent, without real knowledge of what's going on, without idea of what they're doing with it. We need to protect encryption and the concept of privacy from public and private mass surveillance. And we need to do what Francis Hagen said, the whistleblower, and reform Section 230 by putting pressure on the platforms, not through individual pieces of content that are just coming out a million miles an hour. There's no way, we're no way to actually police them because, you know, it's the internet and we don't have the manpower or the technology to do to basically count the stars yet. We need to put them on the algorithms. The algorithms that decide what goes on the newsfeed, the algorithms that decide which pieces of data go to which advertiser. That's what we need to do. Again, I know I'm sounding like a populist. I know I'm sounding like you know big tech and the elites, but this is just facing reality. Th- th- that's what this is. This is not about rah rah. We need to rally the masses. No, this is this is this is seeing what's right in front of our eyes that big data, surveillance capitalists which is a perversion of actual capitalism, which is a perversion of innovation, you know, like Instagram and WhatsApp being bought by Facebook, explicitly saying that they did it to crush competition. This is about setting the playing field. This is about leveling the playing field so everyone can actually benefit, not just the people who thrive off of cookies and and third-party trackers. Well, yeah, I I think, you know, listening to the whistleblower testify how Facebook's algorithm forces political parties all over the world to take more extreme stances on issues, on policies, because it gets more interaction and therefore increases their popularity. So it's extremely destabilizing. And also how it actually puts kids in danger. It makes kids feel less happier about themselves, about their bodies. I mean, it's completely unethical. And 
the documents show that Facebook completely knew about this. You know, they did nothing about it. They put profits above ever more important interests. And I agree that, you know, we have to, you know, regulate big tech even more. It seems to me that both sides of the aisle actually agree on regulation, like from Ted Cruz to AOC. Maybe the specifics of it are different, but Congress has to act and do all these things that you had mentioned earlier. What else is there to say? This, we, we knew about this, at least, in, at least since Cambridge Analytica. We, and we know some of the steps we need to take right now. But fortunately, I don't think it's going to happen because we're too busy with infrastructure. And we're too busy shooting ourselves in the foot with the debt ceiling. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they'll surprise us. And that concludes this episode of Gen Zero's Talk Politics. Be sure to join our Discord server, follow us on Instagram at Gen Zero's Talk Politics, and on Twitter at Gen Zero's Talk Poly with an I, and add or email us to ask your burning questions. Thanks for joining us, and we hope to see you next time.